Hey there, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably into cryptids and monsters. Well, if you have a creative spark, you can always join us in our first ever Supernatural Selection zine project. For 2024, we are doing cryptid encounters, where you can draw or write a encounter with a cryptid of your choice, and we'll put it in the zine. The current submission window is from early January to late June. If you're interested in finding out more, you can always go to SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash zines. That is Z-I-N-E-S. Now back to the show. So yeah, um, just orgiastic religious ecstasy in this monkey's eyes as the, as our our lady of Guadalupe appears and, and tells him the secrets <laughs> of the world. That poor monkey. <laughs> uh, it, it is a very striking image, that's for like, sure. The, I want to Photoshop this monkey's head onto Jesus. Is this one in Discord? Yeah, yeah, it's oh, in Weekend Weird it's a little, It's a little reverent. I wouldn't call it orgiastic. Well, it's just kind of looking skyward like, what? why Why have you forsaken me? It, it no, does There would like need that. to be more than two monkeys for it to be an orgy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, orgiastic, though. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. He doesn't look very ec- ecstasy, ecstatic. Well, okay. Ex- orgasmic. Okay, fair. But it does look like he either saw Jesus or a UFO. And either way, his, his world is rocked. Hello, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin Heyman. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how you doing? Uh, fine. I'm, okay. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's a spicy meatball. That, yeah. that needs to be a thing okay. on the, when we, we make more bingo cards, like Mike just going, fine, Yeah, needs to be a slot. Yep. yep. That that's, could be the free space. Yep. I like that. <laughs> and we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you? I'm doing well enough, actually. Uh, okay. Went like two weeks without tabletop gaming and uh, I felt miserable and then we had a session last night and I feel much happier. Yeah. I say, you must be going through withdrawals. Like, yeah, no, yeah. It, it got bad. I wasn't able to play Sunday for various reasons, so like, um, mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to Spooky Dice Bag. Yeah, we really do need to get like a Call of Cthulhu thing going. I think we would have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we just need enough people. So, um, yeah, David... David. Oh, well, speaking of fun, David. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Um. So, do did you all bitch. check out the e, uh, the Elmo thing on X, formerly I, Twitter? You know, I feel bad for whoever runs the Sesame Street Twitter I've, account. I, 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 it came across like my peripheral internet vision, but I have not like, like looked into so, it. So, so, so literally, it's just the Elmo Twitter account, because Elmo mm-hmm. has a Twitter account. Uh-huh. Of course. Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? Yeah, 20 minutes later. Holy fuck! Just fucking trauma dumping on this poor <laughs> Muppet. <laughs> and the thing is, it started a big national discourse about mental health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because everybody's like, holy shit. And like, it's and not like trolling either. It's like, no. dude, I, I ain't doing good. Yeah, Elmo, no, like, I'm not it, doing good. What can we do? 
because there are a couple things about this. Number one, um, like what a perfect metaphor for what 2024 is. Yeah. 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 Um, but also like we've talked about like multiple times how the Muppets are kind of magical in the sense that like people just accept the Muppets as like living beings yeah, and they interact I mean, with them as such. Even, even when you're standing there and there's a man's hand up its ass, it's you're, you're focused on the Muppet. It's like the, the, you've seen, I've seen some, uh, like Omegle and type and that type of, uh, you know, chat roulette, uh, videos uh-huh. where there's someone doing you know, Kermit, doing Kermit, but, and there's someone on and the Kermit does something like dirty, like holds up a cucumber from off screen <laughs> and, and the poor girls are like, Oh, Oh no. Like their soul just got crushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, or Kermit says something dirty to them and they're like, why? Yeah. Just bend it's over just, and take it, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that kind of thing. It just, 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 it's like, just so, they're just so happy about, to see Kermit. And then, yeah. It, there's just something about the Muppets that like people connect with and like just mm-hmm. all these people on the internet, just, with with I Elmo, mean, just like Elmo, I'm I'm really not doing well right now, Elmo, and I just I feel bad for man. the intern and at it's, Sesame Workshop, yeah. but and it's funny too because like I don't even necessarily like Elmo all that much, but like if Elmo was in front of me, I'd be tickled pink. I'd be like a kid, dude. Yeah, I you know I love all Muppets, and like Elmo was after my time with Sesame Street. Yeah, um, same here. I but, remember when it was just quote baby monster, but like my mom loves Elmo. Like, okay. um, I remember she used to get like Elmo merch because mm, Elmo's adorable, but yeah. like, yeah, no, like you, you put me in a room and let me talk to Elmo. I'm just like, Oh no, that'd be great. No, yeah. I, I would love that. Well, one of the things about the Elmo thing is, uh, I, my problem, my only problem with Elmo is, uh, I worked retail during tickle me Elmo. So oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I cannot, t- I, s- you want to know what, when my soul died, it was watching people <laughs> chase after the last Tickle Me Elmo when our assistant manager threw it through the air over their heads, and mm-hmm. it was like a fuck, it was like fucking iron filings following a magnet. Was, was it like the uh, 2001? <laughs> oh, you know, that's a bone in the air. Yeah. Something else. No, yeah, he threw, he threw Elmo and it turned into the ISS <laughs> and it killed 90 people. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to bring it up because, like, with Week and Weird, we kind of cover weird internet stuff as well. And that's um, that's a but, weird one. But I also think it's kind of a magical ritual, in a sense. Like The Muppets uh, transcend the normal concept of a puppet. They, mm-hmm. there, there is something of magical thinking in it. Because yeah. you can watch Jim Henson when he would be on TV shows. And he'd be talking, and, you know, and then he slips Kermit on and holds Kermit up. And, like, the professional news broadcaster just turns to Kermit and starts talking to him. Jim Henson stopped existing. So mm-hmm. it's there's there's something there that is fascinating and magical and it may, gives me childhood well, glee. And, and it also can be you know not to you know ruin any magic but also be something as simple as well here's a funny voice and you know mm-hmm. he, it, it's it's obviously coming from the funny puppet not from the dude sitting behind it okay you know something hmm. my 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 uh, counter to that hmm. in his puppets yeah when he does his puppets i'm looking at him going please stop well <laughs> well i i do want to like some of these replies are incredible um 
um, among I'm just going to read off a couple of them because just again like the juxtaposition is just peak comedy. Um, one reply, Elmo, I just got laid off. God fuck. <laughs> well, <you> um. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're okay, but why'd you go and make the streets look fun and inspiring? The world don't like us, Elmo. God damn, that is shit. That's dark. Elmo, I'm suffering from existential dread over here. I saw a lot of that. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite, though, um, is like variation on like Oscar was right. Oh, God. My, fa- my favorite was just, and it's not because it's funny, was just, I'm living in a car right now, Elmo. And I was just talking about, like, I'm living in a car. My family's been evicted from our house. The only thing we have is uh, we've got internet from the place we're parked, and we watch Sesame Street. I'm like, to, to, I, holy God, dude. So, to be a fly on the wall of the Sesame Workshop meeting next week. Oh, God, just sweat. So much sweat and people going, what are we going to do? So, so one... I'm guarantee you, well, probably because Sesame Street was mostly a, an American thing anyway, but I guarantee you most all these people are American. Oh, yeah, especially, but and yeah, two, no, it's it's American. Two, uh, yeah, when, when the state of uh, mental health care and societal care is so bad that you take to social media to... To talk with about your problems with a puppet from your childhood. Please, right? Magic Hand Sock, solve my problems. Or no, just be an ear to listen to yeah. me. It's mm-hmm. not even, they, these people I, aren't, don't sound like they're like wanting this problem to be solved by the puppet. They just want to like they talk it, about it. It's like if Fred Rogers asked you how you were doing. Yeah. Oh, 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 God. That, that's what I was, I was thinking that, earlier. That's, the thing is, Fred would have something to tell you and you mm-hmm. feel better. Yeah. Elmo, this it's an intern. Yeah. yeah it no, is some poor it, son of a bitch that threw something innocent out there in the world and started the biggest social discourse in the world. I, I did want to mention, Mike, you had mentioned like uh, Sesame, uh, Sesame Street being mostly an American thing, but they actually have like international well, yeah, I, I know, different but, streets. Yeah, but it's, it's a wild. Know. It's wild. Like there's a big bird, a specialized. I love the one in Mexico because he's basically a giant parrot and he's also the one that doesn't look terrifying. <laughs> compared to some of the other big birds. Also, mm-hmm. have you ever seen early big bird before they gave him the big head? And it's just like a small head with a giant beak sticking out of it. And mm-hmm. it looks like he it looks like knowing what big bird looks like now, it looks like he was in a car accident and they had to remove like ninety percent <laughs> of his brain and skull. And it's oh, literally it's... just like a giant feathered thing sticking up with a hand in it. Mm-hmm. I guess I should <sighs> revise that and say most of the people interacting with an English language Elmo account are going to be American. And I wasn't thinking like other languages. I think mostly like about like Canada or. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Of course. I just want to drop that. Like, you know, every country like has its own street, which I love. Knew of that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that more on Distraction Hall. Sesame Street is fantastic. You know what? Well, it was. Now it's an HBO thing and they're fucking with it. But we'll get into that on Sunday. Um, So it's a weekend weird, obviously. And (laughs) we have got some articles. But before that, we have got some follow up stuff we need to talk about. I I just want to point out we spent 10 minutes talking about this fucking tweet. Because we love Muppets. (laughs) Well, me and David love Muppets and Mike grew up with them. So. Yeah, um, but 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 I hope you don't love them too much. 
Uh, no, I don't. So, first off, we talked about cults last week. And I Mm -hmm. thought it turned into a very interesting episode, and it was entertaining and funny. And like I said, with the first one we talked about, Ramtha, uh, I got into that because one of our managers at the store had the book. And his wife, they attempted to induct his wife into the cult. So... One of my coworkers, who usually only works on, like, Friday night and Saturdays, I'll tell him about what we're talking about each week, you know, just for something to talk about, and it'll spark a discussion sometimes. And I brought up the cults, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, it was Shin Yoon. He's like, I went to Shin Yoon. (laughs) I'm like, really? He said, yeah, I got the books at the house. You want me to bring you one? I was like, yes! (laughs) So uh, when he brings me that, we'll read it on a weekend weird and uh, we'll see what their their promo material says. Well, well, when he said I went to Shen Yun, it sounded like he went to like a university. No, God, no, no. He went to the. <laughs> here's the thing. He went to the show because one of his friends is a member of Falun Gong. Oh fuck! Yeah, uh, uh, somebody he knew apparently in college, and uh, his and his friend was like, "Yeah, come to." come to the Shen Yun show, I'll be there. And he gets here, and he, he was supposed to be working the lights, and he gets up there. It's like, yeah, I'm here to see blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, he didn't come. Would you like to hear about Falun Gong? <laughs> it's like that motherfucker <laughs> duped him. That, that he got, he got moved to like, I don't know, Canada. Idaho. Yeah, Canada. Uh, secondly, I told him about Celestial Seasoning, and he was like, I toured there. <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're shitting you're me. like a cult honeypot. I yeah. know. He may have some material from Celestial Seasonings he's going to bring me, and we can read that on an episode Can't go as well. anywhere. Can't go anywhere without some cult trying to recruit him. I swear to God. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought it was funny, so there'll be a further follow-up to this follow-up in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, have we got any other follow-ups? Yeah, I also have another cult follow-up. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, because um, I, I covered that local cult that operated in my uh, town and had yes. that missing yes. person's case involvement. Yeah, um, I'm and still towards wor- the end of the... I'm, yeah. I'm still working on the paperwork to have my name changed to uh, Jesus Christ Lightning Amen. Right. Um, so I I dropped, like, kind of casually, like, at the end of the episode as we are wrapping up, that there was, like, a Waco connection. Yes, tell um, us about the Waco connection. Yeah, it sounds so, like a game um, show. I have a few different sources. I'm just going to go ahead and read something from culteducation.com, and um, we'll, we'll link it or something. But um, Okay. I'm just going to read this little bit here. It's like three sentences. Um, there may have been a connection between Christ's family and the siege at Waco, Texas, where 86 people died in 1993 at the compound run by the religious sect of the Branch Davidians run by the leader, David Koresh. God like, damn. we all know what Waco is. But yeah. Again, it's always good to put the numbers there. Yep. Um, There's a lot of a dead man, people. Yeah. A man named Jesse Amen walked out of the camp and claimed his father was Lord Lightning Amen and his mother was Sherry Amen with three brothers named David, Jacob, and Abraham. Oh, uh, he, mm-hmm. he was described in reports at the time as a drifter and occasional fruit picker, and the police said that he made no sense when he was interviewed. So that that's basically what it... Uh, it sounded like there was probably like a member of the Christ family that and was visiting Waco around that time. Wow. Jeez. Do, yeah. do you think it was like an exchange program? Do you think there was like a Branch Davidian? 
I and, just want to imagine like the Christ family was too weird for the Branch Davidians. <laughs> oh God, that's fucked. <laughs> Right. I, I I don't know. Like, there's not a whole lot of details. Like, the guy didn't make sense. Um, right, but, right, like, right. But, yeah, like, I, it wouldn't surprise me because um, that's just kind of the, the lifestyle of the Christ family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. They're a weird bunch. Yeah. I'm glad he's dead. Oh, wow. I said that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you, you all mind if I go first with my first story? Nope. Yeah, no, that's good. We we have someone who wants to go right away instead of trying to figure it out yeah. on air. Who goes? So, and the funny thing is, my first story is a follow-up to a previous story. <laughs> so last month, I talked about this guy named Athos Salome uh, from Brazil. And you may remember he was, uh, he called himself a modern-day Nostradamus. And he predicted that in the future, like this year, uh, AI will be able to contact the dead. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I described him as looking like a uh, a reject from like a, a, a plastic surgery clinic. I, I found a better way to describe him. He looks like a realistic CGI render of the Chad from the memes. <laughs> or like, you remember Teen Titans Go when Robin pulled his mask off and he was like suddenly chiseled and handsome with these bee stung lips and a giant chin? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is or like handsome Squidward. Yes, exactly. It's like handsome Squidward. I, I think he looks like a like a '90s video game character that's supposed to be handsome. He does look like he should be on the cover of Deus Ex. No, he's from GoldenEye. GoldenEye. Oh God. So, <laughs> uh, I got a new article about him. Oh okay. boy! Again, from the Daily Star in the UK, because man. UK's got the best weird fucking articles, y'all. <laughs> like Daily Star, Daily Mail, oh, which no. is both my sources this week. No, what else are you gonna do? It's England. Yeah, they got nothing else going on. They like they don't have flavor. I just found out they didn't have uh, edible ice cream cones until relatively recently. Like that's everything wrong with them. Anyway, so Living Nostradamus <laughs> refuses to deny he's a reptilian with Illuminati links as eyes quote mutate. <laughs> yeah, I read that shit. So, quote Living Nostradamus Athos Salome has failed to de- has failed to deny conspiracy theories that he's linked to alleged global controllers the Illuminati. In his most recent report, quote, The predictions of the living Nostradamus come true. An analysis of recent events, Salome himself hypes up the mystery surrounding the self-confessed modern oracle, including speculation that he's reptilian with eyes that mutate. Pointing out a string of accurate predictions, including uh, King Charles' health battles and the Queen's death, he writes, quote, And I love this because he writes this in the third person. (laughs) Quote, While Athos Salome remains an relatively lesser-known figure, comma, in his homeland of Brazil, his fame and the influence of his predictions are felt globally. Okay, that's quite the... uh... That's that's not a first-language sentence. Yes. Some, quote, some people compare him to Nostradamus, while others suspect connections to the Illuminati group. 
and majority of people just think he's a wackadoodle. Mm -hmm. Quote continues, One intriguing and frequently discussed aspect revolves around the change in the color of his eyes during public appearances or in videos shared on social media. The phenomenon adds fuels to the fire of mystery and conspiracy theories surrounding him. He adds, This theories... This theories span a spectrum ranging from claims that he's a reptilian due to his eye mutation to more esoteric speculation like the notion that he may be a time traveler or even embodying the biblical archangel Michael as mentioned by Tobias in the book of Samuel. Claims that they're just colored contacts are uh, met with skepticism and incredulity. Scorn and derision. (laughs) Quote, again... Of these sometimes extravagant theories surrounding Salome, there is no denying the impact that his predictions have had capturing the attention and curiosity of people worldwide. End quote. So this guy is literally just yes-ending himself. Yeah, yeah, no, he's his own hype man. Salome's <laughs> chilling predictions and insights into the future were aired as recently as earlier this week with Salome warning King Charles III of a prostate and genital problem on uh, for 2024. So keep an eye out for uh, King Charles' dick rotting off. Uh, previous predictions included the death of Queen Elizabeth II, which that's a no-brainer, and Elon Musk purchasing Twitter. Salome has also predicted a, quote, matrix of modern surveillance is on its way, warning of some technological technology troubles which may escalate in the next year my god technology troubles and you know more surveillance however could they you know envision that yeah meanwhile there's somebody reading this in the uk uh looking around there's like 20 cameras pointed at him just goes yeah isn't it (laughs) so (laughs) but yeah this guy i love that they're reporting on him hyping his fucking self Mm-hmm. In the third person. So so this guy has, you know, seems to have a track record almost as good as uh, Deep Space Nine. Oh, oh, the Bell Riots? Uh, well, did you hear about that? That uh, they that Deep Space Nine had a thing about Irish unification in the year 2024? Actually, they mentioned that in uh, Star Trek as uh, Next Generation as well. Oh, that's right. It was Next Generation. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was another thing that was predicted in DS9. It was a whole Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah. Yeah, the Bell riots were in uh, DS9. I hate to say it, it looks like we might be headed there. But, so, well, uh, you, you know, get back to me when they're able to predict things like The Simpsons. Oh, oh man, yeah. I, can't, uh, I, try not to, <laughs> I try not to watch The Simpsons anymore because I don't want spoilers. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... Anyway, that's that's my first article. I just love when somebody re- uses themselves as a reference, like in a Saturn Death Cult, <laughs> where dude wrote two books, and in the second book he's referencing the first book like he didn't write it. We should we should do that. We should have another podcast where we just use this podcast as our facts. Uh, I think <laughs> we can do that with Distraction Hole, Mike. <laughs> it, it reminds me of like one of my favorite memes, which is like, uh, Source, it came to me in a dream. <laughs> yes. Oh, so which one of you puds wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got an article from uh, Ars Technica, published uh, hey, on the real 19th. news. 
Yep, uh, 19th of last month by John Timmer. Uh-huh. Um, title is Study Finds Bigfoot Sightings Correlate with Black Bear Populations. The big God. conclusion, if Bigfoot is there, it could be a bear. God damn it, David. <laughs> like, the one thing I really, really want to believe, and you gotta shit, you gotta put bear <laughs> shit on it. Man, I think, um, three I, I, episodes on the freaking Flatwoods Monster... And now you're saying it's bears. Well, I well number one, like, do they have black bears in Louisiana? And yeah, yes. there's black uh, bears Texas. in Mississippi and Louisiana. Okay, I mean, so yeah, it could be a black bear, but yeah, let me and go ahead and uh, read this. Yeah, please do. Um, the idea that North America is home to a completely unknown primate species just doesn't seem to go away. Years after everyone started walking around with high-quality cameras in their phones, there still haven't been any clear images of Bigfoot, but that hasn't stopped the steady flow of uh, purported sightings. Now, someone named Flo Foxon... Wait, could you say that name again? Flo Foxon. Foxon. Foxoff. Foxon. Foxoff. (laughs) Oh, Foxoff, Kevin. Oh, you Foxoff. So, yeah, uh, Flo Foxon has followed up on an earlier analysis and checked for factors that could influence the frequency of Bigfoot sightings throughout North America. The okay. results suggest that they a strong correlation between sightings and local black bear population. For every 1,000 bears, the frequency of Bigfoot sightings goes up by about 4%. Okay, yeah, but that could be, like, unrelated sighting. Like, yeah, okay, maybe some of them are bears, but... <laughs> um. And, you know, they talk about how it's easy to see how black bears and Bigfoots uh, or Bigfoot can be mistaken for each other. Um, despite their names, the bears come in a wide variety of colors from golden brown through a deep reddish one, as well as uh, their namesake black. Uh, large animals that will frequently stand on their hind legs to get a better view of their surroundings. Uh, they also frequent forested areas that are supposedly Bigfoot's favorite terrain. Uh, Foxon even quotes a reported Bigfoot sighting as saying that the pictures were obtained, but one of the pictures looks like a bear. Okay, that's fair, but I like, mean... So, uh, the number of states and provinces that uh, had to be ex- excluded from this study, so, includes Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, North Dakota, and South Dakota... No known black bear populations in those states as of 2006. But there were um, Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. Okay, um, there you go. Bigfoot's real. <laughs> um, so, data for sightings came from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, which maintains a geotagged database of reported sightings. We need to access that database so we can see how many... Which of us has the most Bigfoots in their area? Uh, it's... <laughs> uh, yeah, we kind of do. I really want to get like some solid numbers on Mississippi specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, National Census data was also used to determine the human populations in these areas and, the, and estimates the amount of forested area were also obtained from the Can- uh, Canadian and U.S. governments. Um, yeah, so just like the statistical model, which is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the last subheading on this article, where the bears are. God. Oh, um, wow. Hang on. I know a dude that might be interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the key difference between the models was whether they included the local back bear, uh, black bear population or not. 
The model with a bare variable provided a much better fit to the data, suggesting that mistaken identity is a factor in Bigfoot sightings, which is not surprising. No, no, no. I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, some Bigfoot sightings aren't bears, but I'm saying all Bigfoot sightings aren't bears. And yeah, some of them are dudes about, in suits. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> uh, they say that there's about one Bigfoot sighting for every 5,000 black bears. Um, each additional 1,000 bears raises the probability of a sighting by 4%, hence the conclusion that if the Bigfoot is there, it could be a bear. Um, that's not to say that bears account for everything. Here they yeah. are throwing Kevin a bone. Um, yep. Good. Foxon notes that there are states without a known breeding population of bears that still have Bigfoot sightings. And yeah. human population levels could contribute as a source of mistaken identities in addition to raising the opportunity for sightings. Uh, the paper also suggests that this finding could be help, uh, helpful for bear conservation as the frequency of Bigfoot sightings may provide a proxy measure for the number of black bears present and thus provide an independent method of tracking population changes. Okay. I just uh, do. Do they have black bears in Texarkana? In yeah, they they named all the places where there weren't. So yeah, no, there are Bye. black bears in Arkansas and Texas. So well, I like are black bears known to go near swamps? That's the thing I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. I'm I, I can't mean, say for sure. I mean, so so probably so. You know, animals will go wherever they think they can get food and uh-huh. shelter now, and. Alternately, if it's not a black bear, it could be a sighting of a Danzig. Mm. Like his name one? Yeah, Glenn Danzig. It might be Glenn Danzig sightings if could it's not be. a black bear. But he turns into a monster. Whoa. And eats cake. <laughs> and then gets um, knocked the fuck out at backstage. Sorry, I've got a lot of opinions on Glenn Danzig. But, um, but, so yeah, I, I did just Google it, and yes, there are black bears in Texarkana. Um, I just, I like the idea of a black bear in a swamp just seems weird to me, like kind of sus. I don't know. I could see it, but that doesn't mean I believe it. I, yeah. I like the <laughs> fact that Kevin is more is incredulous, more incredulous about bears being where they're not supposed to be than he is about that fact that it could be a Bigfoot. Again, like, like, as we've mentioned Kevin's on like, the show, when that tree fell, yeah. you s- yeah. thought it was a bear, I that, and I thought bear. Bigfoot was coming to kill me. Yeah. and but, but I thought it was a bear turn around, and Kevin and the other guy are just gone. Oh, yeah, we just bolted. Like, they're just running. Like, there's there's two, like, like, smoke things in the shape of me and our friend where we were standing like a Looney Tune. And Mike all I saw, just sees us. All I, all I see is elbows and assholes as they're running and pumping those arms. <laughs> I have never run so fast in my life. And and by by just sheer infection, I became scared as well because all of a sudden, here I am alone, alone. in the woods. I'm thinking they're going to get in the car and just leave. Oh, no. See, I thought you were behind us, and you were behind us. In fact, you caught up. Yes, I'm actually surprised you caught that up. I caught up. <laughs> and, but, okay, here's some things about that Bigfoot article, David. First off, mm-hmm. that does not account for close-up Bigfoot sightings, and the Bigfoots are wearing, like, a denim vest. Yeah, that's uh, LSD. Or, again, a Danzig. But the other thing is uh, they talk about, you know, no real good 
photos with all these good cameras, there is a theory, and I've been trying to read this book on and off for two years now because it's it's a rough go, called Dark Matter Monsters, that mm-hmm. says Bigfoot may be an extra-dimensional entity made out of exotic matter. Here's the problem with that, <laughs> is it would look as blurry as the picture would. Okay, maybe but it is. But nobody describes it as looking blurry. You know... Because cameras and eyes don't see any differently sure as far do. as light goes. Have you ever read H.P. Lovecraft, Mike? Because that man was an expert on how cameras work. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's also why I don't believe when you know people say these cameras see ghosts. It's like, well, you would see it with your eyes too, because yeah. you know light works that way. No, I get, I get it. But I, I st- Bigfoot, something I will go to the grave believing in. I think. Well, like yeah. I've said, it's the it. I the think it is likely. the most likely of the cryptids. It's just, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't think like that article is saying like no, Bigfoot does not exist. It's more like you know, more likely when people say they see Bigfoot, they probably saw a black bear. And, and obviously, and this comes back to what I had said like years ago is that you know some some undergrad or you know would make their just. PhD lifetime thesis if they could find Bigfoot. Oh yeah. And so somebody was obviously studying it. Oh, you know, I'm I'm just worried that somebody will find a Bigfoot and shave it and put it in a brothel. <laughs> no, that's just an orangutan. I know. And it's sad in both instances. Look, from what I've heard of Bigfoots, a Bigfoot would not allow it if they were not into it. I mean, imagine a shaved Chewbacca and a halter top. Uh, I was gonna make a joke about being sexy, but I couldn't. My, my yeah, I, bile rose up in the back yeah, of my throat. It's pretty bad. Yeah, thank you for that, David. That was uh, it, it. Gave me a chance to really kind of go off on something I firmly believe. So, well, you, you know, you, you bring up Chewbacca in a halter top, and that raises a very <laughs> important question. Yeah. How many sets of nipples does a Wookiee have? I have read so, so many arguments about this. Is it yeah? Is it got like two boobs? Is it like you know a cat where it's got like six or more or eight? Well, considering all like known primates are just two, I yeah, but he's an two. alien. Yeah, but still. Also, they, unless they, they're having unless it's unless Wookies have litters, which all it all source like materials it. points to no. Yeah, because Chewie's like got are, one kid. Are only generally found on animals that have more than typically more than one uh, birth at yeah. a time and i'm gonna say this and uh it's just because i want this sentence recorded bigfoot uh bigfoot chewbacca only had one kid and it was gary coleman well chewbacca looks more like a dog than a primate i know but that's because he's based on uh george's dog indiana so I'm I'm just gonna throw out there that like Chewie probably has four nipples. Oh God, four or six? I I don't know. However many nipples a dog's uh, no, dog has. I thought that was eight to ten. Man, they had to edit out a lot of tits in the holiday special, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they had to like edit six out. <laughs> oh God, this is a nightmare discussion. I think, I think they would edit out all the nipples because it was like family yeah. friendly. Yeah, but I mean tits, because like. She had bumps. 
Oh. Well, well, I mean, you say family friendly, but um, did you ever see the holidays? Uh, did you ever see the holiday special? Did you ever see the scene where Chewbacca's dad is like watching on the the meta headset and? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's watching basically like an erotic song and dance number. It's like he's watching Chatterbait. Yeah. No, it's in, fucked in the up, family dude. room. It's weird. Art mm. Carney should have been ashamed. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, this someone uh, did a AI upscale of the uh, holiday special, and it's on YouTube. You are Ooh. not. It's cleaned up, and it you know looks way better than you ever wanted it to. You you are not <laughs> making me want AI. <laughs> no, no, I mean. Oh, God. So, Mike, what have you got, speaking of you? So, coming via Gizmodo, we have, from January 5th, scientists have formally invited aliens to visit Kentucky. Okay, before you continue with that, they've already been there. We did an episode about well, them. Yeah, but they're formally <laughs> inviting them. It's, this, is, this is like, you know, party crashing versus getting an invitation. Okay, that's fair. So uh, they sent a message to the Trappist-1 system. The city, of Lexington, Le- the city of Lexington, Kentucky, appears so tired of being overlooked by humankind. That's, that's kind of mean. I've been to Lexington. I've been to Lewis. Holy fuck. Shots fired at Lexington. Yeah, appears to be so tired of being overlooked by humankind that it has sent a formal invitation to the next best thing, alien life that may or may not exist in a nearby star system. It's a tourism stunt, but the message is very real. The invitation beamed out last fall via infrared laser towards the Trappist-1 star system is a project by the Lexington Tourism Bureau. <clears throat> According to uh, Visit Lex, they worked with engineers, linguists, and the FAA to make it happen. The target is a star 40 light years from Earth, which means any extraterrestrials that are eager to visit the self-proclaimed horse capital of the world will know that they're invited in 2063. Yes, it is horse yep. cap. No, I have been to Lexington. Yeah, because there's yeah. a lot of horses. Oh yeah, like Ti- you cannot. Tired, I, I was going to say tired of coring out cow assholes. Try horse. Yeah, and, horse. The other red. Yeah, it's meat. also the Kentucky. Okay, so this person like is full of crap because there's the Kentucky Derby there. There's mm-hmm. all the distilleries. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of shit to do. And yeah, uh, no, Lexington. I was going to say, Mike, if aliens showed up in Kentucky, yeah, let's say Bardstown area. mm Hmm. What distillery would they go to first? Uh, Just in Kentucky in general, what distillery? Because, like, I'm thinking they go to Maker's Mart because of the wax. That's a weird... I don't know. Just (laughs) I picture an alien sticking his hand in the wax and pulling up going, what is this? I do not understand. Why is there red on my hand? They just just do the whole bourbon trail thing. (laughs) Mm. I would love to see a man in black at a distillery. Yeah. That would be hilarious. What is this? Could you tell me what is going on here? Is it brown liquid? John Keel is an asshole. (laughs) The communication includes a bitmap of prime numbers, elements associated with life, depictions of water, ethanol, (laughs) and dopamine, horse and human forms. (laughs) Come see the horse. And landscape. And a landscape, which... 
the landscape looks like something out of MS Paint. It's rolling hills with fences, and wow, of that's course. Terrible. Okay, when you said Prime, hmm. I thought you were going to say Optimus. No, Prime numbers. I know. I'm a little disappointed. Prime Optimus. It also includes several images of Lexington and an audio recording by T.D. Young, a blues musician from Lexington. Hmm. So, yeah, so so to show you how horse crazy Lexington is in the image, there's one picture of a dude and two horses. Oh, of course. So the horses are more important. Of course. And the man is a stick man, and the horses are rendered in full detail. No, they're just kind of white <laughs> horses on a black background. They're STL files. You can they're, 3D print them. They're they're very bitmappy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Early internet. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah no. Early this is... internet. You're downloading pictures of horses. What's wrong with you? Yeah, no. This is like, if you downloaded this picture on a 28.8 modem, it would have taken, like, no time at all. It's like, really oh, wow. Old. Really All nice. this feels like a website from like Tom goes to the mayor. It kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A visit Lex release address the potential visitors advertises the lush rolling hills, perfect for landing spacecraft. They claim well, you don't want to land a <laughs> spacecraft on a rolling hill. That's that's terrible. <laughs> horses, a UFO of horses. rolling down a hill. <laughs> yes, I would. Oh yeah, like in uh, uh, Pr- Prometheus. Yeah. Prometheus, no. <laughs> oh, Prometheus. And bourbon, which the tourism office admits is an acquired taste. It might liquefy your entire body like salt on a slug. They write. We honestly have no idea. Holy shit! You're just like, here. Try some bourbon. It might kill you, but it might not. <laughs> if it doesn't kill you, you'll like it. If it don't kill you, it will make you stronger. They're like the uh, alien nation aliens, and they don't get drunk on... uh, Oh, they drink sour milk. Well, not sour milk, but they don't get drunk on alcohol, but something else does, like, I don't know, horse urine? I really... You know, today, I've heard a lot about animal urine. Mm -hmm. Like, I was talking to our truck driver friend, and he was talking about uh, they have to clean out the tanks on the diesels. Yeah. And they use this uh, chemical... Made from cow piss. I don't think it's actually made from cow piss. It's, it it is. He said it's it contains uh, urine that is uh, sourced from cow urine. That's got to be full of crap. No piss. No. Because <laughs> diesel engine diesels do use urea in their uh, uh, emissions control thing. You ever hear mm. of deaf fluid for a diesel? That's a urea. Yeah, but he but says it's they not, get that from cows. It's not from cows because you can easily look. Imagine trying to collect cow urine. Cows I, don't piss in toilets; they piss everywhere. So you're yeah, not going to easily collect cow urine, and you can probably synthesize it cheaper than collecting cow urine. Are you can saying you? that my friend, the worldly trucker, is wrong? Yes, can, can <laughs> I'm saying he's imagine? probably wrong because. Uh, I, I was just gonna say, can you imagine like the money that the inventor of the first piss fueled car would be making? He's dead in the Grand Canyon by the uh, by the oil companies. Like like literally, you just you, you pee in the gas tank and boom, your car is fueled. Can you imagine 
I, man, I'm diabetic. I would never <laughs> run out of gas. You could make money selling your pee to other people. That's right. <laughs> wow. The piss car. Piss car. I don't know. Piss car go fast. Again, they've been to Kentucky. Yeah. It happened. They shot at them. I don't think they're coming back. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um. So where was I before this distraction? <laughs> Detour. Um, yes, oh, I got it. Oh, the I bourbon. It. Yeah, I got it. We don't know that life, that any life, much less intelligent life, actually exists in the TRAPPIST-1 system. Last year, data from the Webb Space Telescope revealed that TRAPPIST-1b, one of the exoplanets ordering, or orbiting, not ordering, orbiting TRAPPIST-1 has no atmosphere. Well, yeah, that's a lot of planets because life as we know it needs an atmosphere to survive it'll all be confirmed that there's no potential life on trappist 1b webb followed up that discovery with the finding that there is also no atmosphere at least most of at most a thin one on trappist 1c luckily for visit lex team the trappist system has five other exoplanets that could theoretically host civilizations capable of interpreting their invitation one time only time will tell how this gambit turns out. It's worth noting that Lexington, Kentucky, and Ocala, Florida... Ocala? Have, yeah. Have been debating which city is the true horse capital of the world for over 20 years. Well, considering they have the <laughs> Kentucky Derby there... Yeah, I think they kind of win. And also, man, what a shitty pissing contest to have. Yeah, it's a cow pissing contest. I mean, you know, Mississippi's kind of the chicken capital, what with, you know, S Smith County. How, how does Ocala get, get the stone cojones to try to uh, I, say it's that? It's Florida. Somebody probably fucked a horse. <laughs> well, if Florida has a record in anything, it's toddlers being eaten by alligators. Yeah. yeah. Florida we man says Ocala's the uh, horse capital of Florida. <laughs> one would hope that aliens desiring to experience the horse capital of a planet 40 light years distant would be willing to make two pit stops in their interstellar sojourn the funniest outcome obviously is aliens getting this message deciding they want to make the schlep and declaring they preferred the horse culture in ocala a decidedly less funny and more likely outcome is that the aliens arrive and promptly destroy us all I'd say the because most, they saw Kentucky. Most likely outcome is you know there's no aliens, but well, I mean if aliens exist but, though, and they want to, you know, and this does prompt them to come here. I don't know. I don't think they would. Uh, I don't think they'd destroy us. I mean, they're making the assumption that the aliens are bronies. Yeah. Uh, oh. Well. Them. I like the idea that they come to Earth. They don't go to Washington. They don't go to Moscow. They just like. Go to Kentucky and stop at a Stuckey's or something. Oh, Waffle House. Oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah. the always the assumption that aliens would just come here to destroy us. It's kind of you know weird. I think because you think about us. If we say you know tomorrow someone just like hit their head and had the vision for an interstellar propulsion system, and, and within a year. We had interstellar, you know, capabilities. Are we going to go like fuck up some alien civilization that you know 
is barely space worth spacefaring. If it's even us, as, even as yeah. shitty as we are now, we're not going to go all that distance to just like destroy them. Yeah, I, I don't heard know. There's oil on Mars. <laughs> but Musk you, might. No, here's the thing: is is the problem is, is when you're when you're interstellar in an interstellar faring civilization, you're going to have no needs really. The energy is going to be such an abundant thing to you because it takes so much of it that you're not going to need anything really. Well, it becomes like a, a cultural thing, like like. Uh, so, yeah, okay, the if there's zealots, like, you know, maybe. Three K. <laughs> they're interstellar space zealots, maybe, but I I don't know. I I think that's the uh, chainsaw swords. If they're, <laughs> I I just I hate the, the idea uh, that Warhammer becomes the future, or or the uh, <laughs> the the cricket. What cricket from Douglas Adams? Oh. Oh, the people mm. of Cricket, where they yeah. see the galaxy and they're like, "Nope, got to get rid of that." Yeah, because they because <laughs> they evolved in a planet with no sky, so they didn't know anything was up there. God, yeah. could you imagine space Christians? <laughs> uh, Mormons, <laughs> space Mormons, yeah. No, the yeah, space... I think they did a couple shows about that. Yeah, yeah. No, space Christians. That's Warhammer. That's that's the yeah, uh, it is the yeah. uh, Empire of Mankind. Suffer Christ love by force. Oh boy, what a great subject. Uh, <laughs> we are morbid as fuck this week. So um, <laughs> how about we take a break, and when we come back, we'll do our next batch of stories, and uh, we'll see if X is going to give it to us. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be right back after this. Hi everyone, this is Kevin from Supernatural Selection. Are you an independent creator? Do you have a webcomic or an Etsy store? Do you 3D print things? Or are you just looking to get some word out for your Discordian cabal with uh, social terrorism? Well, we'd love to help. And David, I believe you've got some details about how we can help. Why, certainly. If you go to supernaturalselectionpod.com, slash contact that is supernaturalselectionpod.com slash contact you can learn how to advertise with us that's right i believe the rate is two dollars per episode you can't beat that with a stick yeah i mean trust me we've tried yeah that's cheap that's literally cheaper than dirt Mm-hmm. and best of all if you're not sure how to write an ad we'll do it for you we'll even record it absolutely just let us know what you need in the ad and we'll be happy to do that for you and again, that URL is supernaturalselectionpod.com slash contact. And now, back to the show. And we're back. So, we, uh, man, we got so much to talk about in the next distraction hole, considering what we were talking about during the break. Kevin uh, teasing the people. Yep, yep, just saying, when we get that next distraction hole out, y'all are going to hate me. So, uh... Yeah, hide your whimsy, Kevin's going to, like, poop on it. I'm going to step on your whimsy like a monster. So... I'm going to stick my balls in it. I'm going to dip my balls in it. God, that we are (laughs) old as fuck. So, uh, my next article 
is from the DailyMail.com. I've decided I'm not telling you who wrote these articles anymore on these two because fuck them. Uh, this one's kind of interesting, though. Uh, I did not vet this article. and know it's not Phantoms and Monsters. Uh, mm. DailyMail.com. Robotic priests, AI cults, and a Bible by ChatGPT. Why people around the world are worshipping robots and artificial intelligence. Mm. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about AI, especially since dead internet. And uh, you got a third one you're working on for that, right? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, okay. It's, a, it's in the pipe somewhere. Five by five. Yep. All right, so, article begins... People around the world are turning to machines as a new religion. Six-foot robot priests are delivering sermons and conducting funerals. AI is writing Bible verses and ChatGPT is being consulted as if it were an oracle. Some religious organizations, like the Turing Church, founded in 2011, are based on the notion that AI will put human beings on a par with godlike aliens by giving them superintelligence. An expert in human-computer interaction told DailyMail.com that such individuals who are following AI-powered prophets may believe the tech is, quote, alive. The personalized, intelligent-seeming responses offered by bots such as ChatGPT are also luring people to seek meaning from the technology. Lars Holmquist, a professor of design and innovation at Nottingham Trent University, told DailyMail.com. Holmquist said, quote, The results of generative AI are very open for interpretation, so people can read anything into them. Psychologists have historically proven that humans interpret their interactions with computers like real social relationships, so it's very possible that people are using AI to find meaning and guidance, much like from religious scripture, even though there may be no actual meaning there. They have also been, there have also been examples of people interpreting AI chatbots as being conscious, which they most definitely are not, which raises very interesting theological issues for those who believe humans are a unique creation. End quote. Robert, uh, ro- Robert Priest, Robot Priest, Mindar, is a six foot four inch tall, is, okay, let me start that over. Robot Priest Mindar is six foot four inches tall and has been reciting the Heart, Su- the Heart Sutra Mantra to pilgrims since 2019 at a Buddhist temple in Kyoto, Japan. With a silicon face and cameras for eyes, it uses AI to detect worshippers and deliver mantras to them in Japanese, which are accompanied by projected Chinese and English translations for foreign visitors. The life-size android was developed by the Zen Temple and Osaka University roboticist Hiroshi Ishigura at a cost of almost $1 million. Hmm. Mindar, which I love the name Mindar. It just sounds like He-Man. <laughs> Mindar's hands, face, and shoulders are covered in a silicon synthetic skin, while the rest of the droid's mechanical innards are clearly visible. I see it here, and it's... Yeah, I'm looking at it. Wow, what a fucker. Uh, let's see, clearly visible. Wiring and blinking lights are visible within the robot's partially explo- exposed cranium, as is the tiny video camera installed in its left eye socket, which cables arc around its, while cables arc around its gender-neutral aluminum-based body. 
The robot can move its arms, head, and torso, such as to clap its hands together in prayer. And it speaks in calm, soothing tones, teaching about compassion and also the dangers of anger, desire, and the ego. Quote, You cling to a sense of selfish ego, the robot has warned worshippers. Worldly desires are nothing other than a mind lost at sea. In a similar vein, Gabriel Travoda's sanctified theomorphic operator, Santo, robot, works like a Catholic Alexa, (laughs) allowing worshippers to ask faith-related questions. Oh my god. Santo is a small social machine designed to look like a 17-inch tall Catholic saint. <clears throat> Quote, The intended main function of Santo is to be a prayer companion, especially for elderly people, by containing a vast amount of teachings, including the whole Bible, reads Travado's website. San- now, now, mm-hmm. now, now, why didn't they call it Santo? I know. And Santo, I'm just thinking Santo Gold. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Santo incorporates elements of sacred art, including the golden ratio, in order to convey the feeling of a sacred object matching form with functionality. Sounds like a bunch of crap to me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> why is that? The the golden ratio, you know, blah blah, and just this all this you know sacred stuff thrown on top of it to, you know, as bullet points in a sales pitch. Yeah, like, well, the golden ratio is a thing in art and design, yes. Yeah, but, 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 like, yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, they're just throwing buzzwords on there. Yeah. Trying to, like, you know, have, lend some credibility to what it's just saying. Oh, it's aesthetically pleasing. You know, it would have been great if uh, he had used the term religious synergy. (laughs) Uh, so, Trovato is a robotics specialist and associate professor at Shibara University of Technology in Japan. In 2015, French-American self-driving car engineer Anthony Lewadowski founded the Way of the Future, a church dedicated building a new god <laughs> with Christian morals using artificial intelligence. I cannot tell you... How bad an idea this is. Yeah, like, no, this, this, uh, like Old Testament Christian morals. And also, uh, how long until it turns into Hitler? Like, I, I was just going to say, this is the plot for Dogma 2 when they do, like, <laughs> Buddy oh, yeah. Christ Alexas. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Other quasi-religious movements which worship AI include transhumanists who believe that in the future AI, AI may resurrect people as godlike creatures. Uh, nope. Believers in the singularity hope for the day when man merges with machine, which former Google engineer Ray Kurzweil believes could come as early as 2045, turning people into human-machine hybrids and potentially unlocking godlike powers. You get the idea of all this. Um, It's kind of freaky. Oh, there's also Mm. the Church of AI, which uses chat GPT... GPT to write a spiritual guide called the Transmorphosis. The only weird religion that I subscribe to is the one that worships Gadget Hack Wrench, the, the Russian one. Oh, those guys. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Like the, the, their vibes seem, they seem you know, kind of fun. They march around with like gadget body pillows. Yeah. It's like, here, okay, no. Here's you do your the thing. thing. 
I don't agree with it, but like I understand it. The gadget <laughs> thing. I mean, not the AI thing. I understand worshiping a weird ass cartoon mounts that gave you a boner when you were thirteen. It's the AI thing that I'm kind of weirded out by. Yeah, that's very weird. Yeah, and for, I'm for a worship a computer algorithm that hallucinates. So, and it's funny. I'm actually reading uh, a lot of uh, Lovecraftian stuff by modern authors. It's a lot of like sci-fi uh, Lovecraftian horror, and a lot of female writers doing it, which is great. But like a lot of it involves um, AI touching, you know, the great old ones and the outer gods and such, and then coming back and looking at humanity and going, "Yeah, no, you fuckers gotta go." Which doesn't make sense because the great old ones don't give a shit about us. No, but, like, the AI does. And then it talks to, like, say, Azathoth and goes, oh, fuck all y'all. Hmm. And I think it's amusing. It's also yeah. funny because the other half of the stories I'm reading are, like, fungus the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, this, all, all this sounds like our podcast at times. It really does. And, you know, <laughs> I can't wait for the first AI fungus. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, ooh, maybe that's what the cosmic death fungus is. It's actually like an organic AI, which that doesn't make any sense yeah, now that no. I've said it out loud. No, because that A, the A stands for artificial. Yeah. Like, I, you know, the, the, the fungal life cycle and, like, the way that, like, the fungal networks work is, like, I think a good model for an artificial mind, so you never know. So, something I was thinking earlier today, and... Uh -huh. So, as far as I'm aware, so first let me get on my soapbox and say how I hate the, using the term AI to describe machine learning. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, uh, we've talked about that before. I, I, I want to stump that every time I can because, you know, they're just, com you know, computer programs. They're, they're not... Right, yeah. They're not really intelligent at all because no, they're... No. Yeah. yeah. But anywho, um, but I was thinking, so... All I, a lot of the stuff I've been getting since, you know, even the early days of the, uh, of Google's, uh, daydream, was it daydream? Mm, yeah. Uh, deep dream, deep dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where, yeah. Where it's just like takes image and video and turns into like All, just a lot dog of that parts. stuff. Like bibli uh, biblically accurate dog photos. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Was, was very, <laughs> seemed very dreamlike to me. Like, I mean, it. It mm -hmm. felt like a lot of dreams I'd had, not in content, but in just the way it, like, stuff did. It's like, and, and even the AI generated, like, trailers I see of people doing where they're, you know, actual videos that are AI generated. Oh, like the, very, like the freaky-ass hamburger commercials and stuff? The pizza yeah. commercial, that's yeah, the just, one. They just feel like, you know, something I've had in a dream, which makes me think that, Maybe the human mind has a it has a component that does what these uh, these machine learning uh, generative AIs are doing. And if it does, it's way but, better at it. Well, no, it's not. I think what the thing is is we have our learned filters, and I think what what they have to do with generative AI is pair it with a sanity checking system that oh. has actual knowledge of the world. Dude, are you telling mm. me that the the AI needs to roll for sanity? 
it needs not well not exactly say i mean sanity as in you know not not like insane like a you're, san you're, like getting a sanity check you're, like you're disappointing me mike yeah <laughs> but it needs it needs grounding in you know facts because mm-hmm. right now it just like goes off the rails and starts you know giving people six fingers and stuff it needs systems that can you know look at its output and go hey you know that's not quite right and fix it because let's okay put it to you this way we we've all had those thoughts that we know aren't like right we we can look at these thoughts and think you know hey you know this this is not Oh, correct. Oh, you mean like when I said earlier that uh, when I eventually take my first victim with a machete? Okay. Well, I mean, I mean that, or just you know, you you think of something and you know factually it's okay. just not True. right. Sure. And and you call yourself internally on it before you you know, like you, Bigfoot being bears. So yeah, it's just I think we're all always, especially in you know when we're asleep, we're you know having these things bubble to the surface and we just yeah. know not to put in them that, out in the world because it's not it's like oh that's that's bullshit yeah no like when, what you're talking about like that kind of course correction as you're dreaming um happens to me with like spatial elements yeah where like i'll transition from one area to another i'm like well that doesn't make sense geographically and then like in my head i start like rethinking that whole thing that happens to me. Yeah. And and you just kind of warp it back around to, uh, trying to string it together. Yeah. But yeah, I I think that that'll probably be the next step not to get too like tech podcasty on the thing, but just something I thought since we're talking about AI anyway, and I have to be thinking about this earlier today Yeah, is that they, you know, I think right now they're trying to shoehorn, everything into the uh the generative algorithms where really what they need is some kind of uh output not i guess filtering but also correction like so say it generates a block of text right say you you put in a prompt doesn't matter what it is you put in a prompt and you get a block of text out well most of that text is probably fine but it might be like some factual errors like say you know it puts out, you know, like one out of a hundred people are donkeys. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make sense, but it can have a algorithm that looks at that and kind of can figure out, well, it meant to say one in a hundred people are, you know, I don't know, afraid of bees, whatever it was mm. trying to say and, you know, fix it. Mm. But right now, I think they're trying to shoehorn all that into the back end on the algorithm, which probably isn't going to work because it's always going to be kind of, you know, trying to guess at everything. Yeah. Mm. Which it's a long way of saying I think we're people are just actually guessing all the time and just, you know, we know enough to, you know, only pick the right answers. We have enough experience to pick the right answers. Exactly. Mm. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, same. Well, that was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I forgot that was my story for yeah, a second. Yeah, was your story. You yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I just had a, a tangent. Whoa, mm-hmm. tangent. Yeah. Wow. So, David, mm-hmm. what have you got? 
okay, I got a fun one for us. Uh, it'll be a nice little counterpoint to my uh, X for later. Okay. Um, so this is from uh, The Bite, which is under uh, futurism.com. I get a lot of articles from there. Um, by Maggie Harrison Dupree. Escaped monkey hunted with a drone. Oh, God, I don't like this already. <laughs> Quote, is it you one would the, think we... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Say, is it one of those drones with like a flamethrower or a gun? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, it says, <laughs> you would think we were chasing an international fugitive instead of an innocent monkey. How innocent so, is this monkey, though? Well, let, let's go ahead and um, read through here. So, Tax evasion. <laughs> the Royal Zoological Society of Scotland has recaptured the escaped Japanese macaque that led authorities huh? on a high-profile chase for nearly five days. Are you telling me they followed macaque with a drone? Yeah, uh, like I, I don't know. Like, do you pronounce it macaque or macaque? It's macaque. Is is it macaque? I've always heard macaque. But you know, I, either go, way, go it sounds macaque. like you're talking about your dick. You, um, go ahead and pat macaque. Yeah, yeah. We'll, how we'll would how would a macaque. Scottish person say it? Macaque. There you go. Macaque. <laughs> macaque. 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 Ugh, bach, bach, bach. Wait, no, we're getting weird. That offensive. sounds like Klingons. So, the macaque, the macaque, macaque. Uh, in question <laughs> escaped its enclosure uh, at Scotland's Highland Wildlife Park Zoo on Sunday, prompting a frenzied search throughout the region. <laughs> um, the, the macaques, uh, Run, of monkey. course, aren't exactly yeah, Scottish locals. The event has reportedly been quite the ordeal for the area, especially considering how deaf the monkey prov- uh, proved at evading what? capture. Oh, deaf. Deaf. Deaf, yeah. Deft. Okay, I thought you, man, I was like, deaf, you're chasing a, oh, man. Hearing impaired monkey. It's terrible. Uh, I, it's always amazing to me how, you know, how weirded out people get when, you know, a, a macaque just slips out. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when macaque slips. <laughs> um... Per the BBC, a local mountain rescue team, which usually tracks down missing human hikers, eventually pitched in, deploying its rescue drones to aid the monkey recovery mission. But even with the added aerial assistance, the RZSS had a rough time. At one point, a drone held a view of the monkey for about 45 minutes, and yet captured efforts were still unsuccessful. Alas, according to the RZSS, the young male monkey's multiple-day tour of the Scottish Highlands is officially over. In a statement, the RZSS says it finally caught up with a critter after receiving a tip that the monkey was once again chowing down on some backyard bird seed. The RZSS and its (laughs) drone team closed in on the snacking primate, which was swiftly tranquilized and brought to its keep. We can confirm, read the RZSS triumphant statement, that, quote, we have successfully caught the macaque that escaped from the park on Sunday. Um, uh, Continuing here, per the New York Times, macaques are quite intelligent, and though Scottish locals were told not to approach the animal, generally aren't seen as a threat to humans. But while the risk of macaque to human violence is low... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, also, are you telling me that the the Scottish government uh, basically said, don't touch macaque? Well, um, it says that macaques will get into tussles with one another. Oh, no, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> According to zookeepers, that might just be why the recaptured monkey went to, on the lamb to begin with. I hate it when macaques It's breeding season the for the macaques. <laughs> <laughs> uh, said RZSS's Keith Gilchrist uh, told the BBC on Monday, 
uh, tensions during the mating season, quote, run a little bit high. Fights often break out as a result, and it's believed that this young pacifist king just wanted to avoid a brawl. Pacifist king. <laughs> and though his highlighted vacation may have Mark come to Luther. an end, the macaque certainly seems to have left his mark on the sleepy Scottish oh, region. Oh, no, not a mark left by macaque. <laughs> I, I, I love this quote here. It looked at me, Nagel, <laughs> recounting his birdseed field interaction with the monkey told New York Times. I looked at him. The moment was shocking and wonderful all at once, he added. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> it looked at me. I looked at him. The fucker. I like looking at macaque. I love looking at macaque. <laughs> um, macaque's yeah, so a, a, a macaque's a beautiful. Story. Macaque's covered in soft downy hair. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was so much seed coming out of my macaque. <laughs> oh, I should... <laughs> Macaque is covered in seed. Macaque's full of seed. <laughs> Don't you want him? Saw oh. macaque near the lock. I'm sorry, macaque left a mark on your land. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, fun monkey story. <laughs> Japanese oh, monkey in Scotland. Oh, that could have gone so much worse. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, that was delightful. Uh, yeah, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Are we going to talk more about McCock later? Nope, nope. <laughs> Mike, you go. Yeah, what you got, Mike? Yugos well, are a terrible car from the 1980s now. Uh, yeah, but can you stick McCock in it? Yes. All right. You wouldn't like it. Okay, sorry, no, I got to stop that. My, uh, my second story is also from Gizmodo. Is is it about monkeys? No. Okay. Oh. It's about insects. Uh-oh. So according to a new study published, insects aren't attracted to artificial lights. Uh-huh. They're tortured by them. Oh, God damn it, Mike. Okay, there's our animal torture for the show. All right. The next time you see bugs circling a porch light, you'll know what's really going on. So, humans have used light to trap insects for at least 2,000 years. Thanks, Romans. Now, a team of researchers say they know why the animals are apparently drawn to the light, and it's not a happy tale. Mm, great. Modern bug zappers have been around for about a century. It's killed countless mosquitoes, dragonflies, moths, you know, various insects. Yeah. But based on new data, scientists report that the insects aren't attracted to the light, really. Rather, they use light sources to orient flight, and artificial light disorients them, often to fatal ends. Oh, the team's God research is published in this week's Nature Communications. Quote, it has been a prehistoric question. In the earliest writings, people were noticing this stuff, this around fire, said Jamie Theobald, a biologist at Florida International University and co-author of the study, in a Florida museum release. Quote, it turns out all our speculations about why it happens have been wrong. <laughs> like a moth to the flame, or so the saying goes, the researchers attended to, attended to the question at hand. In a Costa Rican cloud force, a team turned on artificial light and made field recordings of the insects that showed up. They, they observed the animals orbiting the light source. And stalling, they were screaming. Stalling, flying upwards and slowly down, but not flipping and inverting, fully flipping in the presence of light. 
the group, group combined their field study with lab experiments. They recorded the motion of a dinoral dragonfly species and nocturnal moths. They recorded 538 flight trajectories between the four species. The, result, the results are, were straightforward. The insects were not observed steering into the light. Rather, they were generally turned their dorsum, their backs, towards the light. They were steering by it. Oh, Quote, God. Under natural skylight, tilting the dorsum towards the brightest visual hemisphere helps maintain proper flight attitude and control, the team wrote. Near artificial sources, however, this is highly... Uh, this highly conserved dorsal light response can produce continuous steering around the light and trap an insect. Thus, the seemingly erratic flying patterns are really just the insect's failed attempt to make sense of the artificial light. There's a dark irony to the bug zapper. In their attempt to fly by its guidance, insects instead meet their demise. You know, I'd feel worse about this if it weren't bugs, to be oh, yeah. honest. And, and they're night bugs, which are usually, you know... The worst bugs, those uh, they're you know mosquitoes, you know those those crappy uh, little uh, kind of bronze colored beetles. Yeah, I know the ones. Moths, well, moths are okay, I guess, except they you know eat your clothes. Sure. Yeah, Sounds like a ending to a um, Starship Troopers book. It's a bug <laughs> hunt, man. Um, it's scared. It's afraid. <laughs> Uh, it, like it, it fits with like the satire if you were to do like another Star Trip Starship Troopers movie. Uh huh. Like, just... Again, it's like you know this thing that's meant to kill them is like doing it in a really fucked up way. Oh yeah. It, did anybody else think it was weird when Doogie Hauser showed up dressed like a Nazi in that movie? No. Well, yeah. But you just, know, I think it was meant it. to be. I think I think that was kind of the point, really, because that was yeah. like his first real role that I can remember out. Outside of Doogie Hauser, maybe I just know it was, it was pre How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. and it was yeah, pre Harold and Kumar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know him. I think I think that was, if 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 it wasn't, I'd be highly surprised that having this you know what used you know a, a actor who has played a wholesome character before showing up dressed as a literal Nazi. It's like. Funnily it seems enough, very on purpose. It's kind of like the girl from Saved by the Bell in another Paul Verhoeven movie, <laughs> Showgirls. I think he's got a thing. I think he's got a thing for twisting, like, you know, childhood I have, expectations. I have to destroy your innocence. Yeah. Let me destroy your innocence. Sorry, I don't know why I gave him that voice. Well, it's <laughs> that's awful. In yeah. its own way. But but yeah. it just means that, you know, in the next Starship Troopers, they just use, like, really bright lights to disorient them. Oh, yeah. They, they, they generate a supernova. <laughs> God, I wish they'd make a... I wish they could make a, you know, movie about the book Starship Troopers. I, I was going to say the same thing, but I also almost said a biblically accurate movie <laughs> of Starship Troopers. I was like, no, God, no. <laughs> Textually accurate. Yeah, can, yeah. Because the book was really good. I mean, dated by today's standards, but you know. oh, very much so. It's it's uh, it is kind of fascist. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that. It is it is Jangoistic for sure, but I wouldn't say it's fascist. I don't know. I feel like the yeah, whole I mean, citizen, civilian citizen thing is a little. I, I don't know was, if it's any more fascist than like your typical Marvel movie these not, days. That's not okay. really fascism. There's plenty of places that do, you know, conditional serves. You're not going to call uh, Sweden fascist, are you? Uh, I guess not. But they they have a uh, mandatory uh, service. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not I, qualified. I, I'm I think I think what you're the word you're actually looking for though is jingoistic though. I guess. I mean, I know it's super jingoistic, <laughs> but it's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's some stuff about the book that's just kind of like ooh. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's but that's every book you're gonna read from you know the 50s or 60s. I don't think you can you know, name one that, that, that. That's the thing is, is you know, the book, the book is is written in such a way that the Paul Verhoeven version of it still makes sense. And it, it still feels accurate to the book. To me. It's okay. just it's it's taking it to like the nth degree, but it's like, no, the DNA is there. Duh, a bit. Yeah. Well, we've come far afield from uh, yeah. bugs don't like light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we keep falling into the distraction hole. God damn it. Yeah, but at least it's because we're Jonesing. Topic. Yeah, we haven't do we have, done an episode lately. So, Do, do, do we have questions? Uh, I don't know if we answered these. Did we answer the ones about Valentine's Day coming up? Nope. Okay, oh. we have a question from Sam. Mm-hmm. With oh, Valentine's Sam. Day coming up, which cryptids would date each other? And who gets the most thoughtful Valentine's Day gift? Uh, I think we have talked. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say Bigfoot and Mothman are a couple in my head. Oh, that'd be cute. That's my canon. They get fuzzy little winged babies. Yeah, little little flying monkeys. And um, who gives the best, the most thoughtful Valentine's gift? Day gift? I'm kind of going with Bigfoot. Kevin just has yeah, because Bigfoot, Bigfoot gives oranges. Yeah, I know. And Bigfoot, yes, he does. And Bigfoot also is just like you know, he's down with nature. He's more in touch with his spiritual side. Kevin, do you really want to date Bigfoot? We've talked about this. I don't want to date him, but you know, I might not say no. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um. I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of the cryptids are kind of freaks. Like, like they're, they're like, not really, like, romantic. They're more like, you know, sit on my face and I'll eat your ass. Most <laughs> of them, but again, I feel like Bigfoot's going to be, like, the uh, the prude. It, like, Big, Bigfoot's, we, we know that they, if through certain encounters, there's, like, a gentleness to them mm-hmm. that we can associate. But a lot of other cryptids, we don't really get that implied gentleness. Oh, Mothman's got nipple clamps on, like, all the time. Yeah, with his uh, eight-pack cum gutters, like, on that statue. <laughs> yes, yes, that ass, God. <laughs> um, now, the the Kentucky you... Goblins are freaks. Oh, the Kentucky sure. Goblins are, like, omnisexual. It's, they swarm. Man, woman, dog, salad, potted you, you don't, plant. You don't date matter. one of them, you date all of them. They're Yeah, they're... they're they're like a gestalt. <laughs> um, I don't know. We, 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 when we answer these questions, we tend to fall into the same well of cryptids. So I'm just going to throw out the, um, 
There's a New Jersey Mantis cryptid. Uh-huh. And I'm just New gonna say drop. that it's probably one of the mantis cucks. Oh, obviously. He's got like stranded. Yeah. yeah, that's hot. They, they like kicked him out of this UFO and he's just kinda like wandering around. He like went one step yeah. too far in the thing. He's like he's yeah, got, he's got now, no got no intergalactic cell signal, so he can't get a ride. Yeah, what happened was they were doing a thing, he was like, Yeah, now throw the dog in and they just <laughs> boot him off the saucer. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there, come back, you bastards. It's Zorak. Yeah, no, that's all <laughs> I picture when we talk about this is Zorak. Yeah, so no, I, I think, like, answer-wise, like, Bigfoot is, like, the one who'd be most likely to be, like, decent on a date. Everyone else is just, like, depraved. Yeah, I have a feeling, like... I don't know who, but one of the freak... Like, a Chupacabra will probably give you, like... Like a, a a gift certificate to Spencer's or something. <laughs> no, a chupacabra would give you like half a goat. Okay, well, who would give Bloody. you a gift certificate to Spencer's for Valentine's Day? Uh, Flatwoods yeah. Monster. Maybe. Also, just because of the dress, I feel like the 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 Flatwoods Monster is like a cottage core kind of a. Oh. Kind of a thing, you know. It's give, like give, really into like spinning its own give you a, yarn. Give you a quilt and some uh, homemade soap. Oh, I kind of want to go on a date with him now. <laughs> I love Grandma's lye soap. If I get like, you know, Flatwoods Monster soap, that'd be great. I made it myself. Oh wow. Okay, you don't need to talk. <laughs> All right, baby. Look, we're we're good. I don't mind the lack of face. Just stop talking. Okay. Okay. Jesus Christ, my boner's gone. Uh, I love you. <laughs> yeah, great. I I don't dislike you. <clears throat> so we got another question from God Thimperer Ghost Forge. Mm-hmm. As always. Also, with Valentine's Day coming up, which cryptid would be most likely to celebrate by being domed? Which cryptid would most likely most likely to celebrate by doming bonus points for which would use the sexy restraints i don't know why i associate valentine's day with bdsm celebration specifically apparently i just do good well we've learned a lot about ghost we have learned a hell of a lot about you buddy freak in the sheets (laughs) not even in the sheets just you know in general freak on the streets freak in the sheets I don't know, I was just trying to think of a cryptid that's in the binding. Oh, there's this picture of Mothman. It's Mothman. I it's mm. you you know that weird knot thing they do in Japan with the ropes? Oh yeah. I have yeah. seen so <laughs> many drawings of the Mothman with that. And s- with a word balloon that says the safe word is lamp. <laughs> and um, uh oh God, does it does that mean the the lights for Mothman are like torture, but it like gets off on it? Yes. D- does Mothman make his own rope? Ew, maybe. No, I, don't, I don't think Mothman <laughs> can make silk. Uh, um, don't don't uh, silkworms turn into moths? Oh, true, that's a good point. I guess, but yeah. I um, made this in my pupil stage. Yeah, <laughs> and again, um, the mantis cuck is the dom. Actually, no, the dom. He's a cuck. What am I talking about? Um, who's the Don? Jersey Devil. 
Ooh, wow. He's, man, that's like, sexually, he identifies as a Tasmanian devil. Spring Hill like, Jack. Ooh. Every time, like, I think about the Jersey Devil, just, like, one sound appears in my head, and it's, Could you do that sound once This is my friend, the Jersey Devil. <laughs> okay, see, I, every time I, there's this one picture in particular of the Jersey Devil that I love, because it's just this goofy-looking horse head. Mike, you know the one, yeah. right? It's yeah. kind of friendly-looking. And he looks like he talks like this. <laughs> he just, he's like the Gomer, he's not the Gomer, he's like the Barney Fife of cryptids mm. to me. <laughs> and it I don't does. think he's into sub or dom. I, I feel like, okay, we know the Mothman's a sub. So the Do dom, I don't, I don't count know. the Krampus as a cryptid? Oh God, yeah, he's the dom. <laughs> yep, that's it. Co- coincidentally, when I think of the Krampus, the sound I also hear is "bleh." Well, yeah, he can't shut his mouth, so "bleh." <laughs> hey, how's it going, man? "bleh." You should, at some point, just go down the list and, like, you know, categorize all cryptids as so- du- "dom," "sub," or uh, "switch." Verse. Switch. We could probably get that going on Tumblr and see if people oh, like weigh in. And David, you got to get on the Tumblr. And yeah, ask. yeah I'll, I'll have to. I'll He's have to do that. And I'll, I'll, I'll tie it to this episode. I'll link the episode. Like we're trying to figure out the kink index of these different cryptids. We also Help need to start asking for questions on Tumblr as well. We might get some. That's true. That's true. Um, so, uh, well, that's our questions for the week. Thank you guys for making <laughs> us sound like complete freaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be doing that all day tomorrow. Uh, so, David, it's yeah. been a little while. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. What has X got to give to us? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and ruin our night. Oh, um, so th- this is a this is a topic that I pulled uh, from X. I'm not reading from X specifically, but like it sent me down like a little investigatory. Um. Whole. So, That's a big word. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna read from a Wikipedia page. Uh, I'm gonna use some background on something, okay. and then it's gonna take a hard swerve. Okay. So this is called the Overton Bridge. Um, the Overton. This sounds really familiar. Okay. This isn't the Dog Suicide Bridge, is it? God damn it! Oh god. <laughs> yes. Oh fuck. <laughs> Dog right. Suicide Bridge. Yeah. 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 Is it um, Madison County? No, it's the Dog Suicide Bridge of Madison County. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's terrible. Um, yeah, so so this um this is a bridge in Scotland. Um in eighteen fifty nine Overton Farm was acquired by Scottish industrialist James White, who had just started in the business of chemical manufacturing. He built the Overton House three years later in eighteen sixty two. Uh, when he died, his son, John Campbell White, inherited the house and the estate and planned to extend the driveway uh, of the house across a deep ravine in order to provide easier access. The architect and civil engineer, Henry Milner, designed a bridge. Um, the bridge was completed in 1895. Um, so it's this Overton Bridge. And part of the um, name of it is the Dog Suicide Bridge. <sighs> yeah, um... <laughs> What During is it 19- with us and animals? <laughs> I don't know, man. Animals are be be crazy. Um, 
During the 1950s, locals started referring to the bridge as the Bridge of Death or Dog Suicide Bridge. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that band to drop. <laughs> that does sound like a great punk band name. It does. Um, as it was reported that dogs were leaping from the bridge into the ravine below. Oh, God, no, puppies. The story gained more prominence during the late 2000s and early 2010s. Yep, that's when I heard about it. Yeah, um... I'm not going to go into detail on it because oh, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, very sad. Yeah, but like also just like that—that's a hell of a swerve. You you look up this like architectural article on a bridge, and by the way, dogs commit suicide here. Yeah, I've got two theories on why they do that. Actually, yeah, there, there's one that the um, there might be a supernatural element because, of course, like. You know, if more than two dogs commit suicide at a location, I'm going to start thinking about ghosts. I don't know. That's just that's just me. Um, but also, um, because it's over a ravine, it could be that the dogs are smelling critters. But like, I feel like a dog has enough sense not to jump off a bridge. I don't. I don't know, man. Apparently, they don't. I don't know. Um, what if it's just yeah, so, Scottish dogs? Um, in 2014, well, one is uh, an American, I think, with his golden retriever. God but, um, damn it. Okay. Um, a number of theories have been proposed as to what is affecting the behavior of dogs on the bridge in 2014. Canine psychologist David Sands. That's a hell proposed, of a job. That is a hell of a specialization. You just, you just woof, you have woof. a dog on the little yeah. couch and like, you know, you were the good boy. Um, you should acknowledge that. To paraphrase woof. Brian Regan. Woof woof. He's sad. <laughs> um, in 2014, K9 psychologist David Sands proposed that the surrounding foliage, giving the in reality extremely steep drop off of the side of the bridge the appearance of even ground, combined residual odor from male mink urine in the area could be a culprit for luring dogs to jump off the bridge. Um, however, John Joyce, a local hunter and resident of 50 years, rejected this theory, stating that there were no mink in the area. In a separate investigation by the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, it was found that the side of the bridge reportedly favored by leaping dogs, which is a weird sentence to read out loud. That is weird as hell. um, Did contain evidence of nests of mice, squirrels, and minks. In a separate experiment, seven out of ten dogs exposed to canaders filled with the scent of mouse, squirrel, and mink all went straight for the mink scent, many of them quite dramatically. Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, there, of course, people have died there, too, but we don't care about that. We care about yeah, the, the puppers. Yeah, it's the dogs. It's the puppers, man. Um, I can't, I've got two personal theories about this. Mm-hmm. First, infrasound. Mm. You know, like what they theorize may have caused the Dyatlov Pass incident. Mm. Like, there, there may be some kind of, like, infrasound happening from uh, wind in the canyon and dogs mm-hmm. having such sensitive ears. Yeah. Just, it just drives them nuts and they jump. Secondly, it could be a curse from, uh, what was the dude's name? Over- uh, Overton or something. Overton? Yeah. yeah. Like, what if his last words were, I fucking hate dogs! Fuck all <laughs> you dogs. Fuck dogs! And he died and then just... Every dog on that bridge jumps. I don't know, man. Um, again, like it's it's tragic, but also just like that juxtaposition of like Here's dog a... suicide bridge. Yeah. Wow. 
See him at Burning Man. <laughs> wow, thanks, David. I, I really thought we were going to make it through an episode that didn't involve animal death, like higher animal death. And you you really pulled it out there, and I'm I'm so proud of you for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I saw that. I'm like, dog suicide bridge. What the fuck? Yeah, that's pretty fucked. You, you read that, and you have to read about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. It, the first time I saw his dog suicide bridge, I was just like, well, there we go. That's my afternoon. <laughs> that's what I'm reading. So, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna close out on that. Fuck it. That's it. The end of the series. No. Um. So, I think Mondays we're going to start doing some live streaming stuff for patrons on the Discord. I'm gonna mm-hmm. set up a channel uh, in there specifically for that, and we're gonna start watching some YouTube videos. I've, I'm making a playlist. Mike, David, I want twice. you to make some playlists, and Already. we'll start. I already have a weird videos playlist, so yeah, awesome. I, I've got I've got my source of cringe TikToks. So awesome. Okay, well, every week we'll take turns, and one of us is in the driver's seat, and we'll all watch it together. And if you'd like to come in and watch us do that, and throw in the yuck yucks in the chat, you know, join the Patreon, which you can find a link to on our website. That being said. If you would like to find out more about the show, find out about the zine, which we are still taking submissions for, uh, and you would like to join us on the Discord, join our Patreon, buy some merch, uh, find the back catalog of all the episodes of both shows, you can at supernatpod.rocks. That is supernatpod.rocks. You can also find us on Mastodon at supernatpod at weirdo.network. You will find a link to our individual mastos in the uh, bio there. On the We're thing. also uh, almost current on YouTube. Almost, yes, we are in like another week or two. We will be up to date on YouTube, which means I can start uh, maybe trying to put some more effort into the videos, which they're good now. I want to make them better. Mm. So, yeah. Yep. Check us out on YouTube. Just look for Supernatural Selection Podcast, and you should find us. Uh, so, David, you got any plugs before we go? Uh, yeah, make sure you check out the uh, Supernatural Selection Tumblr. If you go to supernatpod.rocks and click blog, that will take you to the Tumblr. Uh, I've been posting zine updates there. Um, I'm going to try to post some stuff. Um, we're going to do that kink index for the cryptids for sure. Um, yep. But also I've been trying to do occasional drawings. Um, so enjoy that. Yep. Yeah, it's all cool. Mike, you got anything you want to plug? Um, nope. I'm boring. Okay. Well, I just want to plug. I have a Mr. Conti on the desk next to me and he's getting pets. Well, my, my cat is sitting on the computer tower and she is resting her chin on the modem. Oh. Because it's warm. Zelda. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Uh, David, it's your topic next time. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Mike, mm-hmm. I still need to get you to write something. Um, so do I. I Hard command facts. you. <laughs> All right. Ten interesting dog facts. Oh, man, your dog, if they're as good as your frog facts. 
it's just going to be an immemorium for the dog suicide bridge. <laughs> set to set to uh, sound of silence by yeah, yeah. Uh, Sparky, Fido, Nummy Muffin, Mr. Cocoa Chips. Butter. Fun fun <laughs> fact, no, not fun dog fact. The dogs <laughs> that jumped off the bridge did so because of ennui. <laughs> really, I thought you were going. Not so fun dog fact: all the dogs that jumped off the bridge are dead. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next time. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Yeah, I ain't got nothing, so you might as well just stop it here. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I'm drawing yep. blanks. Nope, same here. We talked a lot. Sorry. Boop. That's what she started doing every time you like actually stop. I said poop. No, nope. like poop. And I have not. Bah! <laughs> <laughs>